0: So tonight we want to deepen our reflections on samadhi. Just uh, be in an inquiring mood in terms of samadhi. And we'll do so by exploring three questions in regard to samadhi. The first of these is a a further uh, understanding of what exactly is meant by concentration in the Dharma world. It can certainly mean a lot of different things, and then the second question is: so now exactly why are we cultivating it? What is what is the, the fruits that we will receive from this? And then the third question is: how does it manifest in the body, and in, in the heart, in the mind as it develops? How do we recognize it? How do we cultivate it? What are the what are the ways we're uh, inclining the mind towards in this way. So that's what our, our our assignment is this evening. The what, why, and how of samadhi. And before we begin each of those questions, let's first arrive in the room together. Sometimes uh, knowing that we're going to be hearing a Dharma talk, um, leads us up into the old coconut and we get all cognitively oriented and we abandon the body so let's come back and fill the body right now everybody notice something in your body somewhere some specific experience that you have to be present to know it's like being present to win only it's like you have to be present to know so notice something in your body Now, notice some quality of breath. So first we have to locate the breath, the experience of the breath, in just this moment. And then notice some quality. Long or short, warm, cool, fast, slow, just some quality. When we can notice specificity of experience, It is an indication that we are present in this moment in the body. The same with the breath. So staying in body and breath with half our attention and the other half of our attention opening to what's being explored, it does not diminish what we take in. It actually creates greater resonance, a greater felt sense, Of what's being offered for exploration. So, what is concentration, this samadhi? Starting with the Dharma definition of it, as Sally said last night, and which you will hear us say so many times, for our purposes on this retreat, it represents its meaning is uh, uh, moving towards. Experiencing and maintaining, as best we're able, a collected and unified mind. Moving towards, that means having the intention of going in this direction, and then employing the skills that we already know and that we learn during this retreat to move towards and then experiencing as best we're able, whatever is delivered to us. We're not in charge of that. We're just creating the conditions for a collected and unified mind. We are not achieving it. It's, it's, it's arising due to conditions, some of which we get to create. So we're co-creating this opportunity of a collected and unified mind. And then we're staying with it in so far as possible. Each and every time it arises, whether in just a hint of, or a, a, a kind of a strong sense of, a real full-blown presence. So collected means what? Collected means that the mind is gathered from over here and yon. It's gathered into one single place. It's like uh, you know, gathering sheep or cats. Cats would be a good example in relation to the mind, wouldn't it? So we're gathering our attention. The mind ordinarily is flitting about from one thing to another. It has the nature to wander. It has the nature to look for stimuli. And it it wants to be entertained or wants to be doing something. Or else it wants to tune out. So instead of all of those activities and all the different forms that they can occur in, we are collecting the mind we're just patiently collecting all back all back this too this too everything back we're collecting all of these facets of mind into a singleness a singleness and that that that's so it's collected and then once it's once we've got some momentum the mind becomes steady to some degree for some period of time which could be as little as three breaths or as long as three days easily easily in terms of like within people we know and in our lifetimes having stayed concentrated for that long so we, it, it, it is this staying steady The united is a singleness a steadiness a resting on a resting on a single object single object when we're starting out is very singular in nature, the breath or a, a, a color or something like this, but for our purposes, here a breath unless for some reason uh, we need to have you work with something else. But it's a singular object. Over time, that same collected and unified mind can move around and rest on any object and can even rest on what uh, Ajahn Sumedho describes, the venerable Ajahn Sumedho as the one point that includes everything. Same samadhi, same samadhi, but it's it's either on one-pointedness in a very sheltered way or more expansive way, depending on whether we're doing concentration practice or Vipassana practice. So this, this mind is, is it's collected, it's unified there, there's a steadiness, the steadiness means not, not fluctuating. it's not fluctuating, it's steady. and then this resting quality the resting quality starts out requiring uh, quite a bit of effort that to keep to keep stay on, we have to have quite a bit of effort this, this going towards and staying towards our object. going towards and staying with our object. But in time it requires uh, significantly less efforting. And then at the end really no seemingly effort at all except if we want to do things with the concentrated mind. It just rests there. There's not really any sense of, of, of a doing left. That's a very pleasant experience when that happens and e- again it may happen only for a few moments at various points in the retreat for you. Still a very pleasant experience. So when the mind becomes collected and unified it does have this one-pointed feeling. So that's one of the things we will notice is there's a one-pointedness to it. We can feel that one-pointedness. It's not abstract. We can actually feel it. It's, we recognize it. It may take some time to start recognizing it because we haven't learned to notice whether there's a one-pointedness or not and we don't necessarily know what the feeling is, although we do in other aspects of our life when we're really concentrated in dance or uh, doing a project and so forth. More about that later. So it has this feeling of one-pointedness, of non-distractedness, and of contentment. There's a contentment to mind and that may be the first thing that you can notice. Is that, yeah... Mine mind feels pretty content. Maybe not this evening, but, and maybe not tomorrow, but before the retreat is over, or maybe this evening, and maybe all of tomorrow. We do not know. But the, again, you can recognize these feelings, the one-pointedness, the, and the, particularly the contentment, and so forth. So one practice-oriented uh, uh, explanation, definition of what is samadhi, is we could say that it is the state in which the mind is sheltered from the hindrances. You'll hear more very soon about the hindrance of mind, these challenges of mind that come up, and when we get concentrated, the mind starts to be sheltered from them arising. First, it's just a little bit of sheltered, so that it's temporary. But then it gets more sheltered, and it can get it can get sheltered to a point that they arise, but they can't stick. So you'll get restlessness or you get wanting, uh, this, some sort of desire-based uh, experience. It, you feel the energy of it, but it just doesn't mean anything to you. You're just not interested. The mind's too steady. And then some point where they just don't arise at all. That's the, the way it unfolds in, in an in-and-out way. So when the mind is collected and unified, the hindrances are held at bay. Just, okay. Just recognize that. Oh, for these few minutes, you know, these few moments, I was really there with the breath and I really didn't have uh, these kinds of difficulties of mind, again, of which you'll hear more about. I didn't really have any difficulties of mind arise. So often we don't recognize, we fail to recognize the moment when our mind is collected and unified and therefore we make some story about we don't ever have it never happens to us we can't have or whatever that narrative may be. And that's not helpful. It's very helpful, though, to notice when the mind has a degree of collected and, and unified feeling to it, no matter how short. So these are, I've given you kind of Dharma definitions thus far. Now I would uh, switch for a moment and have us look at the uh, Dharma definitions from the point of view of dictionary definitions. So we've talked about how the Dharma describes it, how, how would you know? one of the great dictionaries describe it. And, and they offer the, the four or five explanations here that I will mention to you. Uh, one is, it's, and it begins with bringing to a common center. That's that one-pointedness the common center. And it's also that one-pointedness that can include everything, this common center. And I take the time to dwell on that a moment because there's a little clue in this one-pointedness as your practice deepens and some of you have had quite a bit of practice. This this one-pointedness that includes everything holds a lot of potential for insight. So bringing to a common center. And then the second dictionary definition is that it's a is a verb, meaning directing the attention of the mental faculty. Concentrating as an activity, directing the the attention of the mental faculty. So in Dharma language, that directing attention the mental faculty is what we call the, the this this uh, directing attention this uh, and attention in Pali is mana. Saccaro, M-A-N-I-S-C-A-R-O, Mani Saccaro, and it's similar to a spotlight. So mindfulness in our mindfulness practice is being mindful of something, but the uh, the attention is slightly different. It overlaps with mindfulness, but it's slightly different. It is like a spotlight. The our in, our intention to be present with what is in certain ways that we learn in mindfulness, directs the spotlight of attention on a particular experience. We are directing the spotlight of attention over and 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 over again to the breath. So we're still shining the spotlight, so therefore there's mindfulness involved and concentration practice, but we're being mindful of one thing. Are we with the breath or not with the breath? Are we returning to the breath or not returning to the breath? Are we staying with the breath, not staying with the breath? We're just mindful of this one relationship right now. We're bringing everything to one point. All of our facets, all of our abilities, our facilities are being utilized to just here. Just this breath. Now. Just this breath. And it's always here. And it's always now. It's not a big concept, oh I'm going to stay concentrated on the breath. That's a goal or an aspiration. But the, the intention is moment to moment. It's always manifesting here, now, this inhale, this exhale. Seems so simple, doesn't it? But not so easy to do. So, the the third definition in the dictionary is increasing the strength or purity of attention. And that certainly fits with our practice. As we reduce the distractions, the uh, the, the flickering of mind, the wandering of mind, the concentration, the, the collectedness, and the one-pointedness becomes more pure. More pure. More pure. It's not... Uh, It's not being diluted, so it's really steady. It's really got its own um, strength. That purity has a strength. You may have uh, moments of that, and then you get restless again, and so without knowing to be alert to this, you miss it. Your mind's actually pretty, pretty steady, it's pretty strong. It's actually getting collected. But if you have some set definition of, of, of what collected and, and unified is supposed to feel like, you, you, can, you can miss it. You can uh, deny yourself your own experience in that way. So this, this strength or this purity of attention is one way that we notice this. A fourth definition is uh, that it, to render less dilutable. And by less dilutable, it's just the one thing. So if you were if you were having a concentration of of oxygen, you would be getting more and more oxygen until there was only oxygen. There was only H, you know, whatever it is. And with with anything that the 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 water not having other elements in it, more pure water, any kind of 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 of, of less dilutedness. And for us, the less dilutedness is all of these difficulties of mind, all of this restlessness and so forth that I've spoken to earlier. So when, this, uh, when the mind is not diluted, the mind, when we do vipassana, is able to uh, see what is suffering and what is not suffering and how to choose non-suffering because it has this quality of knowing that's not diluted. So even though we're just knowing one object now, the breath, we're really building the muscle of knowing. We're building a mind that has a clarity that can know. Know what? It's like this. This moment's like this. Suffering's like this. It's very powerful what we're doing in that way. When you take this this uh, concentrated mind and you... Uh, you uh, couple it with intention, it can go anywhere and do just about anything internally. So our, our, our uh, Dharma and our practice definitions uh, uh, meld well, they fit in well with the common, common usage of this word concentration. So we're not doing something that we don't already know. We already know this. We, we already have lots of experiences with being concentrated on doing our homework, threading a needle, at least for me. It takes a lot of concentration to thread a needle, and so forth, so many different things. We want our surgeons to be able to be very concentrated. <laughs> uh, it, anywhere I could just go through one thing after another. So... Despite being familiar with this idea of concentration, there's a couple of differences that are worth our being aware of. We are choosing this uh, inclination of mind to concentration without a task to help it get there. So we're not, there's no doing. We're not threading a needle. We're not writing a software program. We're not hitting a ball with a racket where we need to be concentrated. We're not doing anything. We're just sitting here or walking. We're not doing anything. There's not really any task except the task that's involved in letting the mind become collected and unified. It's a peculiar kind of of activity. It's a, it's a doing, but it's a non-doing doing, if you can track that. Nope, just collecting. As that is gained, it is so powerful. It is so powerful that we can do that, that we can choose to bring our mind to a concentrated point anytime we want for any reason whatsoever. So we're not dependent on having something like that as as a requirement. Likewise, the second thing that's different about this is that we are not being brought to concentration by an overwhelming stimulation. You can get really concentrated around something pleasant, particularly something beautiful, like, for instance, music. You can get so concentrated on a piece of music You're really concentrated. And the time can fly by for people who really uh, relate to music. You can just, you know, it's like, where did the time go? You're just listening to the music. You have become one with the music in some way. But that's because of the stimulation, particularly in this instance, the pleasant stimulation. Same with a piece of art. I have uh, a number of times been absolutely arrested by a piece of art. Just like... I'm just totally concentrated on that piece of art by its power. Likewise, uh, being in nature can uh, bring us into a point of concentration. Some some scene is so beautiful, or watching a bird, or watching something, we just get totally absorbed in, in that. Now remember, um, uh, I had spontaneous arisings of these concentrated states during my childhood and college years. And I remember leaving the, uh, the Liberal Arts Building on campus one evening, and I was walking uh, down, I was going down to go down these steps and go back to my dorm room. I was a freshman in college. And it was, it was uh, autumn evening, uh, but it was, the, the, it was turning dark fairly early. And this, uh, uh, just a regular old street light was shining on these the leaves of these trees. And I just happened to see that. And it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. And I knew that it was nothing special, and yet it was beautiful. And I stood there, I don't know how long, just completely enthralled by this... Seemingly regular thing, and these waves of gratitude and contentment came through me. So this this was just spontaneously arising in nature. More often, it would be something really like, uh, really strong and uh, special in a way that that would not have been quote special. That was the most ordinary of ordinary. So this this can happen that we can, but not in Dharma. We're not counting on beauty like that. And likewise, we can get very concentrated around our fear. But not in this practice. We're not using fear. We're not using any threat of any kind, mentally, physically, heart-wise, no threat. It's just an invitation to let the mind come to its natural state, which is a natural state of being concentrated when it's not diluted. It's just natural. So then, why is it that we do this concentration practice? As we have uh, said, um, in Sally, last night, it is certainly necessary for insight practice. And uh, this this we'll be talking at various points in the retreat about how that works. But there's uh, just many reasons for uh, developing the concentration practice. Tanasaro says, that to establish a stable, calm, and relaxed mind. That we, we, we want to establish a calm, stable, and relaxed mind. The Venerable Analios says that there's three advantages to concentration. Having a stable, receptive mind, which gives us clarity. A stable, receptive mind gives us clarity. Feel that. Feel clarity. Everyone in here knows what clarity feels like. It's just, it's just clear. It's just clear. You don't have to have add anything. The mind feels clear. So the first reason in terms of the venerable naglio, a stable, receptive mind. The second is intense pleasure and happiness. So when we're concentrated, the mind experiences happiness. I am uneasy with that word happiness. I prefer a contentment or well-being because happiness, is, it's so unclear what happiness means to me at least and to many people I've encountered. So a, a contentment or well-being, that's the second reason. The mind that is collected is very contented. And then the third is to create an inner stability and integration which means that the mind is stable and can withstand the hindrances. Yet another esteemed teacher, Ajahn Suchicho, uh, when when relaxed concentration arises, the mind becomes spacious and settled. There naturally occurs a joy of embodied presence. That would fit under that uh, label of happiness for me. This, this, uh, this joy of embodied presence. When we are collected, there is a sense of presence. Even if you only notice it when you come out of the concentration, you realize, yeah, that was, that was really a sense of presence there. And usually, if it's uh, even a fairly uh, degree, not very long even, or many moments, of very short, sense of collected, unified mind, that presence goes with us when we walk out the hall. And there's a joy to it. There's a joy. It feels wholesome uh, well-being. And, but it's got a little energy, but the energy's is not uh, a, a very jumpy kind of energy. It's just a quiet happiness. Um, quiet happiness. This is from um, uh, Ajahn Chah, uh, the the renowned uh, mindfulness Thai mindfulness uh, Vipassana teacher of last century in Thailand, and he says the following: Be mindful and let things take their natural course. Then your mind will become quiet in any surroundings. So just this collecting and unifying the mind, it will become still another reason to be doing concentration, the still mind. It will become still like a clear forest pool and all kinds of wonderful and rare animals will come to drink from it. Then you will clearly see the nature of all things in the world. You will see many wonderful and strange things come and go, but you will be still. This is the happiness of the Buddha. So, opening to Stillness. Again, you know the felt sense of stillness. Just now. Just don't change posture. Don't change anything. Just first be still in the body. Then still the mind on the experience of breath in this moment. Other things can be in the background, and yet the mind is still on the breath. There can be things coming and going in the background, but the the attention, that movement of attention to to the breath, it becomes still on the breath. And eventually those things in the background diminish and even go away. Uh, the, uh, uh, says uh, describes samadhi in another way that's quite interesting when he says that samadhi is the enhancement of the selective function of mind. So it is enhancing our ability to choose just one object. So the selectivity of mind, that we have choice as to what we focus on. That's that selectivity of mind. And he says that we get there by restricting the breadth, the expansiveness, so we restrict seeing everything so that we can just see this one thing we voluntarily in our instance we restrict well we could notice how the body's doing we could we could open our eyes and notice the colors in the room, but no, we restrict we restrict what we notice in order uh, in order to uh uh to have this uh, selective function becomes stronger. Again, this idea of building up the muscle of concentration. It, if we just keep doing the practice, the practice will deliver within our set of conditions the, uh, its result. We do not have to engage in resulting. We engage in practicing, not resulting.
1: So last
0: night, Sally mentioned these uh, distinct changes in the capacity as the mind becomes more uh, collected, more more purified, more cleansed. And one of the words that she used is this word malleable. And um, um, again, you can have this experience and miss it because it's quick. When the mind's malleable, it will take any shape of any object that is if you're watching the breath, you can whatever the breath is manifesting in the mind the the concentration just knows that it. it's the mind can just be right there because the breath changes a lot. You may have noticed this fast, slow, but also it can take all these different forms and uh, just lots of different things, and the mind is just right there with it it shapes to it ex- shapes itself to the experience of the breath and will shape itself to the experience. Of anything else, when you when you start to apply the concentration in other places, and the mind becomes wildly—that is, it's got a kind of flexibility, a kind of adaptability—that gives it uh, it can stay concentrated, even in things you wouldn't think it could stay concentrated. So once at IMS, I had um, I had gotten very concentrated, and I was going to do walking practice, and I was not quite aware of how concentrated I was. And I sat down in the cloakroom to put my shoes on, and I realized, oh, I'm really... Con-, and I just went in. I was very, very, very concentrated. That's not something that happens regularly to us, but every once in a while, for some people, and sometimes this happens. and people I sat there, people came out of the sitting because I was doing this i was going i was I'd been sitting for quite some time, so I was going to do my walking during the sitting period, and I was just sitting there, and people were getting their coats down. I was in the way, the coats would fall on me, people stepped on my foot. These different things happened. I was aware of things happening, but I was not disturbed by it. If I had heard a baby crying or someone screaming for help. I would have been up in a moment. It's not like the selective function, uh, the, the alert function, that breadth of attention was totally gone, but there was no interest in the regular stimulation. There's the regular thing. That's how steady the mind can get. In terms of equanimity, it, does not, uh, it can be uh, increasingly independent of conditions. That's fairly independent. Loud noises, it's harder still. Sudden noise, harder still, things like that. But it, all of this happens. And then this, this, this uh, steadiness of the mind where it stays just on the one object. And so uh, uh, when we, when we uh, open to this, we're opening to a key teaching of Buddhism, this samadhi. It is one of four requirements in the mindfulness practice, one of four at the, in the Satipatthana Sutta. Sati, mindfulness, patthana, this, this path of mindfulness. This, uh, this, uh, it's one of four requirements having to do with, there's three others that are to do mindfulness. So it's very powerful there. It's one of the five spiritual faculties. It's one of the seven awakening factors. It's necessary for jhana practice, and it's the eighth factor in the Eightfold Path, which is the fourth of the Four Noble Truths. So throughout, and you're going to hear about some of these in the course of the week, but just to know that uh, although it may feel boring at times or that you, you, you can start to have various feelings about this, you are learning, you are directly experiencing a very key component of Buddhist practice, for 2,600 years. You're doing it right here, right now. In your own way. Be much more interested in that than in what you don't like about it, the way that practice is going. So then, this comes to this question of the how. We've, we've, done, we've done the first two of these questions, but then the the the, the how the how of this. So we did the what and the why, now the how. How it manifests. Samadhi will manifest both as a feeling of a relaxed mind and through relaxing the mind. So I'm going to ask, and please, so gentle, and following these instructions. So don't go to extreme. You're much more concentrated already than you know. So you could go more intensely what I'm asking you to do than you realize. So be very, very modest in this. Just raise your shoulders a little way, just very modestly, and tense them a little. Don't tense your neck, please. Just tense the shoulders. Now, if you had to go do something, and you were gonna carry around these tense shoulders, would that make it easier or harder? Harder, yes. Okay, relax them for a moment, melt them up and down. Now, once again, raise the shoulders just little small ways, tense them again, and now force them down, still tensed, and let that go. That is not relaxing the shoulders, is it? They came down, but you didn't actually relax the shoulders. The felt sense of relaxation is when it's truly relaxed. We know if we have the tension, that's not relaxed. If there's this striving of the mind, if the mind is tense in some way, graspy in some way, we know that. But also if we're trying to force relaxation, we know that's not relaxed. You go, well, of course I know that, Philip. But do you when you're practicing? So... That's the first thing, is that we learn to relax the mind. It's so powerful, this relaxed mind. Then the second thing we're doing in terms of its manifestation, as Sally mentioned last night, is we are inclining the mind towards the breath. We're directing attention towards the breath, directing over and over again. And then when we make any amount of contact, we're sustaining that contact. So when it lands on the breath, we know it's landed on the breath and we know that we wish to to sustain the contact. This is the active part of concentration. The other parts of concentration are really not our business. They they just come when the conditions are right. And so this uh, this, uh, uh, feeling when the mind relaxes and there's a kind of wholesomeness to our motivation. The, uh, there arises a feeling of the mind being in a, in a resting place. That the mind will rest. It has the capability of resting on object. Now again, we're experiencing it in terms of the breath, but uh, it, it it will rest on any object once we've got this working for us. And that's not an always working because you can have a lot of skill in this and have days when it won't work at all. But we have more and more ability to just rest the mind on any experience. That's why it's so useful in, in, in insight practice because we, we can rest on anything that's going on and therefore we get these insights about it. So again, I want to ask you to do an exercise with me. Uh, hold, uh, hold your hand out in front of you. And I want you to take, hold your left hand out in front and then take your right hand and I want you to squeeze it. Now, you're in touch with the object, which is your left hand. But that's not going anywhere, is it? That's pleasant. That's going to be wholesome. Relax that. Now, uh, pull it. Like, but don't let it be pulled. But, but try to pull the hand towards your chest and resist. That's not what we mean by resting either that neither of those are the felt sense of resting. Now, uh, 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 just hover the hand, the right hand right above the left, so you're in energetic contact, actually, with the hand, but you're not resting on it. That's not resting. You're having, to, you're having to effort, and you will have to continue effort. So let that go for a moment. And then put out the hand again and just rest it so the right hand's just resting let your left arm be stable for a moment it's just resting the right hand's not doing anything that is the felt sense of resting and when the mind becomes relaxed and starts to get concentrated it rests just like that now one last time in terms of an exercise put the left hand out again create that resting feeling in the hand and then start to notice all the things that's registering from the, right, from the left hand into the right hand. What can you detect about your left palm? So I'm aware of the shape of my palm. I was not aware of that before. I can feel the difference in skin and the palm and the fingers. Oh, there's a little bit of heat. There's like a wave motion that I can feel. I can feel a little bit into, towards the bones. I feel like I'm sinking maybe to that third layer of skin or something. That is what happens. That's the softening in feeling. The breath becomes so intimate. That when we soften in, it's so intimate. And again, this is so useful later on in other things, but it softens into. So it's not, when it's relaxed, our, our sensory capability is dramatically increased dramatically increased and it's uh, like a wholesome uh, circle, cycle, because it spirals up in this wholesome way. The more intimate we are with the breath, the more delighted it is and therefore the more interested we are and therefore the more delighted and the more collected and unified it becomes. These are uh, principles. They are very reliable principles in relation to this. I am reviewing this in this way tonight to get us this large overview with some degree of specificity in, in the practice. That, so this is We're just doing all this. You're not trying to hold on to any and all of this material. You're just being exposed to it so that it's there in the unconscious. And as you're, as you're doing your practice through the day, little pieces will be noticed and not necessarily go, oh, that's what that guy was talking about the other night. He'll just, oh, look at this. This really feels intimate. And that's that's exactly the way it should work. So samadhi results from a balanced effort. There is a clarity of intention. We do have to make some sustained effort. And that effort begins with an intention. And then we direct the mind and, and sustain attention on the breath. So there is, there's this thing this effort first of making an intention, which mostly remember we, we have to remember that we want to intend to stay with the breath. And sometimes we need to remember our motivation. That's why I was going through the why do this, is to re- we can reflect on the motivations when we're getting resistance. So it requires this intention, and remember intention is just now. It's not some big I'm going to be with the breath this sitting. It's just now, just now. And then uh, you can also uh, view your practice as uh, your willingness to start over when you lose the breath. Do you have the patience and persistence to start over? And likewise, do you have the... um, the 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 is the intent intention so alive that you can start where you are. You're really grumpy this morning. You're still sleepy. Uh, you ate too much at at lunchtime, or your body's hurting, and you do the practice anyway. That's the patience and persistence uh, that are uh, that we're we're building patience and persistence through this intention, and our our intention becomes more powerful. Is when we are cultivating patience and persistence and our patience and persistence become more powerful as we keep going back to the intention. It is a wholesome cycle, easily detectable. So then there is this felt sense that comes up around uh, the various uh, parts of practicing this way. We've done this felt sense using the hand and the shoulders and all this to... Have it be embodied because this felt sense isn't embodied; Uh, it's embodied. It's it's embodied. It's a felt sense in the body. It's also felt in the mind, but easier to detect in the body, at least initially. And the first of these is what is intention. So intention can be seen like you know just raw determination. That would not be what I call intention. Not for this practice, for sure. It could be like, oh please, 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 you know, some sort of uh, uh, just a, a vague wanting. It can also be, and what we mean as, just the slight inclination. So you're not grabbing hold of that breath, you're not going to let loose for anything. It's much more the slight inclination of mind. There's a, there's a, times a determination and a firmness. Particularly once you got it, you get all this going for you. You've got more chops, so therefore you play a more difficult piece of music, because your you, your chops are up and they can, you can do it. Your fingers will do it and so forth. The same with this. The more, once once we've got our momentum, we can we can bring more firmness to this. But it's we are intending, and it's just intending to stay with the breath. So uh, I, there's a uh, uh, may I stay with the breath. It's not like I will no matter what. Much more gentle than that, in this relaxed concentration approach. There's other there's other styles that other people have taught, but in this style of this relaxed thing, it's just mm, to the breath. Mm. Uh, but that's it's steady. I right? it's steady. We're not, we're not like, we're not second guessing ourselves. But it's just very, very just steady, relaxed, and oftentimes it's like inviting the mind to. Would you, uh, would you stay with the breath? And we smile. Smiles are very useful in concentration practice. They they release the chemical release in the brain in my experience, is helpful to concentration. And we see that in the metta in the same way. And so there's, it's an invitation and we have a genuine interest. We have a genuine interest. This is not rote. We have an, a genuine interest and in, uh, we're being authentic. That we, There's something that we, we're, we're wishing to purify the mind. We're wishing to gain this skill so that we can cause less suffering. We have a real strong motivation and it's, it's authentic. We're not like wanting to have a party trick. We're not wanting to compare my concentration with your concentration. It's none of that feeling. It's sincere and, and, and genuine. And it's not a demand. It's not even a must-have. Oh, I've got to get, when we get to that, I've got to have, we're just creating identity. We're creating someone who's got to be concentrated. And they're surrendering to what is. That's why we have to start over and start where we are. We're just surrendering to what is in that felt sense of, yeah, okay, this is what I have to practice with this morning. And we practice with it. Now the felt sense of breath in contrast to the felt sense of of intention, hold your breath for a moment and release it. Now fill the next breath in. That's the felt sense of breath. So we're going to do that again. Don't hold it any longer than is right for you. But notice that exhale, how good that exhale feels, and notice that you can really feel the inhale. So again and release. That's the felt sense of breath. There's a a Zen story about, um, I think it's a Zen story, about the academic who's an expert in meditation at the university, goes way up in the mountains to study with the master. And he says, well, I came here because, uh, uh, you know, I thought since I teach this and I'm one of the experts on it, I should have some personal experience. And, And the master says, okay, well, just be with the breath. And he says, well, you know, we all try that, but it's so boring. And the master suddenly grabs him and goes over to their water barrel and sticks his head down in there and won't let him up. And then he lets him up, and, he, and the guy goes, and the master goes, now, so was that breath boring? So the the uh, preciousness of the breath, the life-giving breath, uh, I will sometimes say, because remember that it's life-giving can uh, bring that uh, deep appreciation of it. There is an energetic experience of the breath, that uh, where we know it just as energy. Um, many of you have already experienced that. May, you may not know it that way, but it is. It is just there um, in that way that you can if you can feel it as energy. And uh, during um, one of the meditations, I will I will have us explore that together. Going back to this uh, softening into the experience, put your hand on your heart for just a moment. Now, would you ever choose to push and pull? I don't think so. Would you want to hover? If you just let your hand rest on the heart, and then feel into, soften into this experience of the heart. Close your eyes. Feel your heart's intention in practicing Dhamma. Feel it through the physical heart area, what we would actually call the spiritual heart in some traditions, that's there next to the physical heart. Not quite the same level of existence. Oh, and let that go. So we want to bring our heart into practice. This soft heart, this this relaxed mind that has allows us to soften into our heart's yearning for freedom. Heart's yearning for freedom. Right now we're doing that by collecting and unifying the mind towards stillness, and in those moments we will have glimpses, taste. Uh, Sometimes uh, quite periods of time where the mind's sheltered from the hindrances, and there is a kind of freedom, but it's towards this much larger freedom the heart's desire to be free in this way. And with a little quote here from from a a poem, actually, except from a poem by Pablo Neruda. It's uh, an excerpt from his poem, Keeping Quiet. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving and for once could do nothing, perhaps a huge silence might interrupt the sadness of never understanding ourselves and of threatening ourselves with death. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving, This mind that's always moving around and for once could do nothing, could come into stillness. Perhaps in that stillness, a huge silence might interrupt this cycle of suffering, what he calls sadness. Of never understanding ourselves and of threatening ourselves with death. All the ways that we annihilate ourselves moment to moment and all of the difficulties of mind that arise. This sad, this this uh, this uh, uh, silence and this stillness is already entering this room. Pat was talking about it in the early morning sit, just how how still the room was in that way. This stillness will grow. Sometimes what we want to do is we want to uh, sit in sangha and not in our own. Self so much. We feel the stillness of the room. We feel the silence of the room. And we let that be our refuge. We're taking refuge in Sangha. Let that ride the wave of the room. Just relax the mind. Soften into the stillness of the room. It's lovely to feel that. Don't be so interested in how you're doing that moment. Just, hmm. Mm, so sweet. And when we're disturbed and it's quiet around us that way, ah, thanks for the support. Thanks for the support. So close our eyes for a moment. In some measure and in some manner, you know what is meant by samadhi. Confirm this for yourself just now with a yes I do to yourself. Likewise, you know why to some degree, in some measure, some manner, you know why you're choosing to practice samadhi. Confirm this for yourself. This movement, this samatha that moves to samadhi. You know why you're doing this. Confirm with, yes, I do, to yourself. And each person in this room has some felt sense of how it manifests. You already have a familiarity, a kind of knowing. No exceptions to this in some manner, in some measure. And confirm to yourself by saying, yes, I do. these three together form the faith moment to moment as we go through our practice days. Thank you for your kind attention. We're going to have walking practice until 9 o'clock in which we'll have a sit. And at that sit there will be a a chanting during that 9 o'clock sit. I know some of you are very tired and very sleepy. You've come out of a lot of intense work period, a lot of maybe emotional stress in your work and you're just, you're feeling all the letting go. Don't be uncomfortable with that, that's natural. You're still arriving in that sense. So maybe you need to go to sleep. If that's so, uh, uh, without apology, do that. On the other hand, walk for a few minutes before going in. Let this exploration settle in you. Let your mind unconsciously process it. Don't fill it with brushing your teeth this very next moment. Give it a little time, even if it's a modest amount of walking. And then later in the retreat, when you're more rested and you feel stronger, you're welcome to come to the 9 o'clock sit. Likewise, we realize some people get up very early in the morning and that's why they go to bed early. So there's not a, there's not a pressure towards anything, but just know the openness of the invitation to uh, uh, come in at any time. But for everyone, uh, we would ask that you take at least a few minutes of walking, just to settle, just back into the breath, body, this embodied awareness, letting all this move through.